Jeff, I, I have a complaint. I would expect nothing less. This is a rough cut. Go ahead. Proceed. That's right. That's right. This is a rough cut smattering edition. Smattering rough cut edition. There's an we edition. Don't know what the hell we're doing. It's just rough cuts. Go. Okay. So I'm a little pissed. All right. So before I get to that, let me ask you a question. Think of a consumer brand that is associated with Warren Buffett. I'll give you a couple guesses. Might take you a couple guesses to come up with a consumer uh, brand. Apple, Coke. There you go. The first, you those Coke are the first Cole. two that popped to mind. So it's it's associated with Warren Buffett. It's also associated with Buffett as one of like the flagpoles of what's the word I'm looking for here? It's like tentpole. Yeah, it's like one of the tentpoles of his investing prowess. Right. Right. One of the things that was talked about, Buffett wrote about it in the shareholder letter. It came out this spring. I actually did a, I think I did a video about it actually, because it is a pretty cool little statistic. But the, the, the number goes that since Berkshire's acquisition, it's, it's investments in, in Coca-Cola, you add them all up and it's, I don't know how many billion, how many billions of dollars is it 1.3 billion? No, that's American Express. $1.3 billion. Yeah. So $1.3 billion. That's what American Express, or that's what Berkshire paid for its entire stake of Coca-Cola stock. That's its cost basis. And that's an, it's over time, right? Because it wasn't just one purchase. They added to it over, yeah, over years. Yeah, over six or seven years, five, right. five to seven years, somewhere in there they acquired it. So anyway, it's worth you know tens of billions of dollars now. It's worth a ton more. But this one little tidbit that jumps out that's so interesting is that because of Coca-Cola's financial success and dividend growth, Coca-Cola pays Berkshire Hathaway its cost, cost basis back in dividends about every two years. That sounds amazing, right? It does sound amazing. It is kind of amazing. It's pretty cool. But here's the thing that I'm pissed about. Because this is the thing almost nobody ever talks about. Since August 1st, 1994. Now, August was the month that they completed their, their investments. They made their last investment in Coca-Cola. So you know what? I'm going to change it to September 1st, 1994. So they've bought all their Coke stock. Coca-Cola stock has generated 930.6% in total returns. That's a 10-backer. Hey, also pretty good, right? I mean, tell me, Jeff, is that is that not pretty good? I Yes. If you, I mean, that's a long time. Like, you know, I'd rather have a 10-bagger over like, I don't know, six years. <laughs> but yes, you can't really complain about a stock that you bought that is a 10-bagger. I agree. Yes, you can. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, you can. Here it comes. I'm setting you up. Over that same period, the Coca-Cola has generated 931% in returns. It's been a 10-bagger for Coca-Cola. Again, 900% is 10x returns. The S&P 500 has generated 1,540% in returns. That's a Coca-Cola and a half in returns. Now, let me ask you this, Jeff. What has Berkshire Hathaway stock done over that period? I don't know. It's done very, very well. 2,810% in returns. Very, very good. So what are you angry about? Are you angry that Warren Buffett 
owns Coca-Cola? I'm angry about a couple things. I'm angry about the fact that we, and I've made this mistake. I've done this before. We give Buffett all these plaudits for investments like Coca-Cola without actually validating, has Coca-Cola actually been worth a shit as an investment? And by the don't lose money measure, yeah, it's been fine. But it's actually been kind of a shitty investment since Berkshire completed its acquisition. It's buying its stake. The S&P's done far better. And the bottom line is that Buffett talks about bad investments that he's made. He says that Berkshire Hathaway was a bad investment, right? Because when he bought it, it was a failing textile company and all of the capital that had to be redeployed into the business just to keep it solvent that could have been redeployed into other things, cost investors, shareholders in Berkshire, in, in, in Buffett Inc., right? Whether if it had been something besides Berkshire, you know, tens and tens of billions of dollars in lost potential wealth, right? Over, over their time. And I'm here to posit that, guess what? Coca-Cola was kind of the same thing. It's not, hasn't been a great investment for Berkshire investors. Buffett should have bought back Berkshire stock. That, I mean, the, that immediately, you know, nearly triples the return. You know, 930% times three is about 2,800% in returns, which is what Berkshire stock has done over that period of time. Okay. So we need to do a better job as, a, as, as, as an industry that writes about this stuff, that talks about this stuff. When we talk out of our asses, actually step back and validate whether what we're talking about was really a great thing or it actually was a less productive thing than just about anything else that you could have done. All right. Let me push back on this okay. a little bit. All right. All right. So do you think if you, if, if you could get in the Warren Buffett investment time machine, you would go back in time and instead of buying the, that, that amount of Coca-Cola stock, you think it would have been smarter to buy that amount of an S&P 500 index fund? Because here's why I'm asking. I, no, I, see, no, I see your point. No, no. Okay. No, because, and again, I'm not faulting Warren Buffett here. All right, I want to be clear about that. I'm not faulting Warren Buffett. I'm faulting us as an industry for continuing to talk about this poor performing investment as if it was some grand, brilliant thing that Warren Buffett that But Warren I think Buffett it still did. kind of is because, so the fact that, if the, if the fact is true that every two years he gets his cost basis back in dividends, and then he uses that cash to theoretically make smart capital allocation decisions with. I think you could make the argument that, because you're not going to get that dividend returned from, let's just say he did put that equivalent amount of money into an S&P stock 500 fund or his own stock, it'll pay a dividend. So I don't know, like, couldn't you, I, I get what you're saying. Like when people write an article, like, or people come out and say like, basically like buy Coke because Warren Buffett did, like that's lazy and stupid because he hasn't bought it in 30 something years, right? Or 30 right. years. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So 29 years. That not, maybe not a good, and maybe he's smart and that he hasn't bought it in the it, 30 years since, but maybe the whole thing is like, cool, every two years I'll get 10 billion or whatever it is, 1.2 billion, whatever the cost basis was. Yeah. One point, I'll I just, 1.6. Okay. 1.6 billion every two years. Sounds great to me. I'll use that for something else. And maybe that's what goes into the Apple purchase down the road, or that's what goes yeah. into Occidental Petroleum or the railroad or whatever the things he bought since right. 1994. Yeah. So like no, I would, and that's, go ahead. 
I was gonna say, I would push back a little bit in that sense, but I think you're right. What I, where I agree with your overall take is I think too many people, especially like hot take Twitter trolls who are just trying to get follows, just pull something out of the Buffett portfolio, point to its return, and then leave it at that. Or point to that cool statistic about the dividends with no other context. Because I think it is interesting to know that, yeah, okay, fine, but since the last day he bought it, it's underperformed the market. You never, that's never a headline. You never, you never see that one. Right, right, of course. That, maybe I should write an article. I'll talk to my bureau chiefs at the Motley Fool and see if they're interested in that content. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So here's the other thing I want to talk about. I think this is important too, because Buffett talks about great businesses. And about a year later, Berkshire completed a similar sized investment in American Express. You know what American Express stock is done? I don't. It has generated essentially the same level of returns as Berkshire Hathaway has generated 26, 2700% in total returns. Absolutely crushed the market. Been a wonderful investment for, for Berkshire for Berkshire shareholders and just hasn't grown his dividend quite as well. So it doesn't get as much, as much love from the dividend, from the dividend crowd as it does. But you, here's, here's the key. And this is the reason I wanted to bring up the American Express one is even Uncle Warren misses them sometimes and talks about the ones that have done okay. It's done, been fine. Coke's been fine, far worse than the S&P. But then you have other stocks that have been huge winners, like Amex. Moody's doesn't get much attention, but it's been a massive, massive winner for Berkshire. Here's the last point I want to make. Coke's Kager, since, since the investment was made, about 8.4%. That includes dividends, 8.4% return, right? So and you're just talking annualized growth? Right. Compound annualized growth rate. Right. Right. So again, that's total return, including you know stock price appreciation and dividend, dividend growth. And- Buffett never talks about beating the market. I don't know that he's ever uttered those words in his entire life, certainly not publicly, that he has some goal of beating the market. His goal is to buy great companies and make investments that are going to achieve acceptable rates of return. I think he's probably pretty happy getting that 8% acceptable rate of return. And I wanted to mention that because I think anybody that listens to a podcast like ours, that's out there buying individual stocks, Sure, maybe you have a North Star of beating the market or generating a certain level of dividend income, you know, that uh, passive income, that's like the popular phrase for it now, like you want to generate that sort of thing. I think a better thing to do is like figure out what is, what is an acceptable rate of return for you, right? What is the number that if you hit that number, 
you're going to reach your financial goals. It's really hard to beat the market, Jeff. It's really yeah. hard, you know? But if you have an acceptable rate of return number, and if you can pass that threshold, even if it's not beating the market, if you enjoy buying stocks and all the stuff we talk about, you know, maybe you can be Warren Buffett too. I like that. It goes back to what we talked about in terms of like knowing what your goals are. It's a little bit like what I've, the way I, when I first started buying stocks, my way of like thinking about it, and this isn't necessarily how I view it now, but I think this is similar to what you're talking about. Because I hadn't been investing in individual stocks before, like my initial goal was I don't want to lose money. Yep. Like overall, like I want to make sure that the amount of in money- the, that In I, the aggregate. In the aggregate, I want to make money. Because the way I was looking at it was if I had continued on not investing in individual stocks and hadn't changed my contributions to my 403B, my retirement account, that money would have just been spent or sitting in cash anyway. Yeah. You know, so I, that's kind of how I viewed it at first. And so it's almost like what you're saying, like if you have an acceptable rate of return that you're shooting for, and that's below the return of the S&P 500, then you can look at beating the market as icing on your, on your investing cake. Yeah, just bonus returns. And the, the other thing that I think is important about kind of having that acceptable rate of return is you're not looking backwards at what the market did last year or the past five years or the past 10. Like we've talked about it before, like that 2009 through, through 2019 period, through 2021 period, we had that great run after the crash and the pandemic, the, the market generated like 14% CAGR, which is bonkers. That's like 40% better returns than the market's average returns. Like if that was your idea of what you thought you'd get over the next 20 years, you're out of your mind, right? So right. finding but, but, that minimum threshold is a far, far better way to reach your financial goals. Yeah. And the nice thing too is because of the way the, the whole annualized thing works is like all those years of 12, 14, whatever, like the really good returns average into the couple years that we've had, you know, you might have in there where it's like down 3% or down 20% or only up one, like. It, I think it helps stomach those down years a little bit better, knowing yeah. you have a whole bunch of 14% gains in your back pocket that's helping average out to that annualized, that annualized return. Yeah. You have anything you're pissed about, Jeff? No, I'm feeling great. It was just, I'm happy to be here while you vent. I appreciate that. Okay. All right, friends. As usual, Jeff and I are happy to raise hell, bitch, and complain about these hard investing topics. But it's up to you to raise hell, bitch, and complain on your own. Figure out your answers. Ain't no investing advice happening here. Not on an individual level. That is for certain. That's it for this rough cut. Jeff, we'll see you next time, pal. See ya. I keep grabbing this fucking mouse that's not hooked to my